Okay, hello church. Richard's also been painting this week. You can see from the backdrop that the tree growing out of our head and the roots growing out of our shoulders is gone. We now have a green background, which is lovely. So yeah, okay. Thank you, Lord. Right, question for you. Epping Forest Community Church, we like to describe we like to describe ourselves as a community and we use four words to describe our community. Do any of you know what those four words are? We are a community, a community, a community and a community. Anyone who doesn't know this question, seriously, where have you been for the last seven years? Can you write them on the comments? A community, a community, community and a community. Four things. Yes, Karen, we are a worshipping community. Yes, we are a worshipping community and we are a relational community. And Rich spoke about those things last week. This week I'm going to speak about us being a healing community and a sending community. So we use four phrases to remind us about those things. Oh my gosh, Danny, you're on fire this morning. The extremist. Worshipping, relational, healing and sending. Yes, um, and there are four phrases that we use to remind us of those things. The four phrases are love God, love others, be transformed and go. So I want to ask you another question. Have you noticed that at the moment we can't gather? Hence, Rich and I sitting alone in the office speaking to you through YouTube. So we can't gather. I want to ask a question. We can't gather. Are we still a church? Uh, we can't gather, are you still a Christian? Are you still a follower, a believer, a disciple of Jesus, even though we can't gather? Can you still, even though we can't gather, can you still love God, love others, be transformed and go? Can you still do those things? Of course we know the answer is yes. Our gathering, as special and as important as it is, doesn't change any of those things that we can still love God, love others, be transformed and go. Um, one other little question during this chance that we've had to reflect. Are you growing in your relationship with God? Do you feel yourself growing and flourishing or are you falling apart? Because you can change that this morning, if you're falling apart, I mean. The growing thing, I wouldn't change that, I'd carry on flourishing. But if you're falling apart, you can change that. From this moment, you can put in new habits and this can be a new day and a new start and your relationship with God doesn't have to fall apart. Woohoo. I had a really helpful conversation with Kylie at the beginning of lockdown. A lot of you know my friend Kylie. And, you know, we were just talking about the, the differences and how things were and how we couldn't gather. And I don't know why this is such a significant conversation, but we, we came to the conclusion that, you know, even though we can't gather, we can still worship we can still fast, we can still pray, we can still study the scripture. And I thought to myself, yeah, I'm going to put in a routine so that I can do all those things. And this is just a really simple thing that I did and it's really helped me. 
half an hour in the morning, worship, half an hour before I go to bed, worship. Simple, it's not rocket science, but I know that it's making a difference. I know it's helping me to grow, I know it's helping me to flourish. So little things like that that we can do that will stop us from falling apart. So, um, let me just get the slides. Oh, Rich, your lovely garden. Okay, Epping Forest Community Church. That's what we're talking about. And uh, Rich and I and some people helped us. We came up with kind of sentences that help us to try and verbalise or articulate in some way what we mean by loving God, loving others, being transformed and going. So I'm going to talk about a healing community first of all. And then I'll go through the sentences. But I just want to tell you about where the healing community phrase comes from. So about six years ago, we had our 40 days of prayer and fasting when Phil and Marianne left and I joined Rich in leadership and there's a whole church we spent 40 days praying and fasting. And I got a really strong picture during that time. And the picture was of um, lots of people, they were Christians, so they were very safe and secure, you know, in their salvation. And they were sitting in the doctor's waiting room and they had broken arms, maybe a crutch, or maybe a walking stick or maybe a bandage around their foot or you know there was something wrong it wasn't life-threatening it wasn't like traumatic or catastrophic they were in the waiting room and they were they were just there and it was just dark and there was nothing going on they were just sitting and then a door opened at the back of the waiting room and the, and the person came out the door and switched the light on and said next and it was Jesus and he wanted to see each of those people because he wanted to deal with the broken arms and the broken legs and the um, poorly feet or whatever it was. But it wasn't about physical healing necessarily. It was about transformation in Christ. And since, I mean, I have this faith anyway, but that picture really helped me with regards to Epping Forest Community Church. I simply have faith for complete salvation. What I mean by that is spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical wholeness for every person who has put their trust in Christ, for every person who has decided that they're gonna follow Christ. I have that complete faith for complete salvation. I think about the, the man who was possessed by a legion of demons. He was living out in among the tombstones, cutting himself with stones, a lunatic screaming and shouting, naked, completely ostracised from the community. And he met with Jesus. And after he met with Jesus, the Bible says that the people came out. They heard that, he, that he'd been delivered from his demons. The people came out to see and they saw the man who had been possessed by demons sitting quietly at Jesus' feet, clothed and sane, completely and utterly transformed. And I've got faith for that, for every believer. Like, there's nothing that you could do to convince me that every single person who's a believer of Christ can have spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical wholeness, complete salvation. I think about my own testimony in my own walk with the Lord, how I've experienced delivering, de <laughs> deliverance, how I've experienced healing, how I've experienced traumatic issues from the past being dealt with by Jesus and receiving healing received physical healing my journey with Jesus has been transformational completely transformational there is nothing that anyone could tell me 
that would make me believe that Jesus doesn't transform lives. I know Jesus transforms lives. I heard something really funny yesterday. Um, someone spoke about talking to atheists or people that believe in um, evolution or Darwin and things like that. And um, they said that um, if you can find me someone whose life has been transformed by Darwin, that would be awesome. But there are literally thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people who can testify over the centuries to having their lives transformed by Jesus Christ. Jesus transforms lives and I simply have faith for that. And I've also got faith for this as well. I've also got faith that if you are a believer in Jesus, you can have a fruitful life. In John 15 at verse 8, it says, my, Jesus said, my disciples will produce much fruit that will bring glory to the Father. And in um, the parable of the sower that Jesus taught his disciples about when we have the word of God sown into our lives in the good soil, he said, the good soil represents honest and good-hearted people who hear God's message, cling to it, and steadily produce a huge harvest. I am believing that for my life, and no one can convince me other, other than that, that my life will produce a huge harvest, and that I will live a fruitful life. Because I'm a follower of Christ, so I believe that I'm gonna be spiritually whole, mentally whole, emotionally whole, physically whole, and I'm gonna be fruitful. I believe that for myself, I have complete faith for that and it's a journey, it's an ongoing process and it won't be complete until the day that I die and meet with the Lord but that is, what my, that is my belief, that is my understanding of what it means to know Christ um, and I, I also believe that if you're part of Epping Forest Community Church you come under that covering so I have this kind of feeling and sense that everyone who's part of Epping Forest Community Church can be healed and flourish so when someone comes into the door, I've never met them before, and they, they, they join in our church family, I'm so excited because I believe, I look at that person and I believe completely that they will be healed and that they will flourish and they will become the person that God created them to be. I believe it for myself, I believe it for you, I believe it for every single one of you. Wherever you're at on your journey, if you've stumbled and fallen back, it, regardless, I have faith that you can be transformed. So, this because it's Jesus. So here we are. This is a healing community. Be transformed. Just some of the, the phrases that we use to help us to understand what this means. We have high expectations of our miraculous God. Completely high expectations of our miraculous God. He's God. So my expectation of him is that he's high. We have faith in a supernatural God. And we as his, we as his children have been baptised baptised in the Holy Spirit. The power of God lives in us and is at work in us. So we have high expectations of a miraculous God. That is our culture. That is our mindset. All of, this, all of these phrases are about the mindset that you have. And I believe that every single one of these mindsets can be contested on a daily basis by the world, by our circumstances, by the enemy and by our flesh. So of course that that phrase, we have high expectations of a miraculous God, can be contested by unbelief, it can be contested by doubt, it can be contested by our circumstances. But the bottom line, when my head hits the pillow at night, 
I have high expectations of miraculous God. And it's good to speak that out and to remind ourselves to renew our minds daily. We're transformed by the renewing of our minds. So when I think about God, whatever contests my belief, my faith in him, the bottom line is I have high expectations of a miraculous God. The second one is that we pray for people to be healed and delivered. We have, we have authority to do that. Every single believer has authority to pray for people to be healed and delivered. Or another way of saying it is we cast out demons and we heal the sick. In Luke ten eighteen, Jesus Jesus told his disciples, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over the power of the enemy. Come on! You can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. Don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. Simple as that. We have authority, all authority over the power of the enemy. In Mark 16, 15 to 18, Jesus told his disciples, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptised will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. And they will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. So we have authority. And again, there's nothing that you could do to convince me that every single person who is in Christ has authority you couldn't convince me otherwise we have authority over the enemy but we do give the enemy legal rights to operate in our lives and we do succumb to the flesh which is contrary to the spirit so there's some particular things that I want to really highlight on and I just want to go into a time of um, ministry I want to pray for particular people so I want to speak about curses curses a curse brings death it brings disorder it brings destruction blessings are the complete opposite blessings bring life and fulfillment and prosperity and order god created the world in order there is order in creation. There is order in our bodies. The way that our bodies work, there is order. There is order in creation. And when something is, is when something is cursed, it suffers from being disordered. Now, the words that you speak are powerful. Think about God. When he spoke a word, it created the earth. When he spoke a word, it created animals. When he spoke a word, it created human beings. When he spoke a word, he said, let there be light and there was light. So there is creative power in our words. We are created in the image of God. And so when we speak, there is power in what we say. And we need to be so careful. And the Bible teaches about this so much. We need to be so careful about what comes out of our mouth. Jesus said that we will actually be judged for every careless word that has been spoken. Everything that comes out of our mouth, we need to be really mindful of it. Sometimes it's better just not to speak. But I wanted to address particularly anyone who has been cursing themselves with their words. 
If you have been speaking negatively about yourself, you have been cursing yourself, you have been bringing disorder into your life, death and destruction into your life. The picture that I got particularly was someone feeling deflated and like uh, problems in um, like life, causing problems in relationships and things like that, like you know, circumstances being difficult and the person was looking in the mirror and just like, stupid me, stupid me, it's me again. Me again, me again, I'm the problem, stupid me. So if that's a specific person, I want to say to you, stop cursing yourself. Stop partnering with the enemy and that spirit of self-pity and cursing yourself. We need to speak blessing out over ourselves. The other um, like image that I got was of someone cursing themselves, saying, I'm so fat and ugly. I'm so fat and ugly. And that's not necessarily about those exact words. It's about the self-hatred that's attached to those words. And it's cursing cursing yourself through self-hatred. See, we can get bogged down in this stuff. It can cover us and we can get into a habit of doing it. And we need to stop doing it because we're coming into the agreement. We're coming into agreement with the enemy. We're coming into agreement with death destruction and disorder and we're cursing ourselves and we need to bless ourselves god wants to bless us god has created order and blessing and prosperity everything about god's creation before the fall was perfect everything was in perfect order and we can come under that blessing so we need to stop cursing ourselves and the other thing this was like a light it's like a light throwaway comment that i felt my body's falling apart. Oh, my body is falling apart. If you're speaking that over yourself, I really want to encourage you this morning to stop saying that. Stop saying that your body's falling apart. Even if you're saying it in a light way, don't say it. Don't don't speak it over yourself. So they're the three specific things that I've wanted to pray about. So someone looking in the mirror and saying, stupid mates, me again. And then someone saying that they're fat and ugly and there's a lot of self-hatred attached to that. And then someone in a jokey way saying, my body's falling apart. So I'm really hoping and, and just trusting that the Holy Spirit is bringing massive revelation while I'm speaking this about words and about what we're saying over ourselves. We want to bless ourselves. And curses will bring death, disorder and destruction. So let's pray about that now. Um, I want to use our, yeah, this is a really helpful tool that we use as a church family, it's called the five R's, but basically it's a, it's a prayer of um, repentance when we recognise that we come into agreement with things that aren't of God and it's, it's a prayer of freedom and it's steps to freedom, so um. I would really encourage you to keep a watch over what comes out of your mouth. Don't curse yourself and don't curse other people either. So the first step is just to recognise it and to say, yeah, I've been saying that over myself, I've been cursing myself, whether it was one of the three things that I mentioned specifically or whether it's something else that you've recognised, like, yep, I've been cursing myself to recognize it and acknowledge it before God and Lord we recognize and acknowledge where we've been cursing ourselves 
and then repentance is that that um that change of heart saying lord forgive me i'm so sorry for cursing myself i'm so sorry for using my powerful words to bring destruction and to bring disorder and to bring death it's, it's just you know you can put it in your own words but it's really saying sorry to god and saying i'm not going to do that anymore i'm not going to do that anymore and then the next one is really receiving god's forgiveness so just saying thank you lord thank you for your forgiveness thank you that i can come to you with this and i know that i will receive mercy i know that i will receive your your forgiveness and the lord um where our sins were like scarlet, the Lord washes us white as snow. So we receive the forgiveness. Oh, sorry, I've written the wrong word there on the slide. The fourth one shouldn't say repent, it should say rebuke. Sorry, I wasn't concentrating when I was making my slides. It's really important as well, this number four, rebuke. So when we come into agreement with the enemy, there are unclean spirits that can operate in our lives that are from the enemy's kingdom and they can oppress us and they can cause all kinds of problems to us so we rebuke the unclean spirit so for example we rebuke any spirit of self-hatred we rebuke any spirit of self-pity we rebuke any spirit of death anything like that or if you, if you have suicidal thoughts we rebuke any spirits of suicide but we, we just say in the name of jesus we command any unclean spirit that is attached to me, my thinking, my body. I command you in the name of Jesus to go now. And you have authority to do that. You have authority to command unclean unclean spirits to go, to leave your life. But if you are doing things that are in agreement with the enemy, then they, they have a right to be with you, and to be around you and to influence you and oppress you. But once we've repented, once we've asked God to forgive us, then they have nothing to hold on to. They're just kind of like slipping off of us. So we just command them to go, go in Jesus' name. And then we replace whatever it was that we were doing, we replace it with the truth. So if you've been cursing yourself and saying, uh, you know, oh, stupid me, it's me again, you say, thank you, Lord Jesus, that you created me anew in Christ Jesus to do good works that you prepared in advance for me to do. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you that you know me. Thank you that all my days are written out in the book. You just start speaking this, the truth over yourself. You need to know the scripture to be able to speak it over yourself. So I just spoke those two scriptures, one from Ephesians and one from the Psalms. But speak the truth over yourself. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And then obviously our behaviour has to change. So we need to then be different and live differently. But yeah, so have a, a think, more, think more about that and ponder it more. Um, okay, I want to pray for people's immune systems as well. Um, I don't know really anything about the immune system. I'm by no means a scientist or a doctor. All I know is that it's a system within the body that protects us from external dangers so you know viruses sicknesses malignancies um yeah kind of things that could have our bodies we're, you know we're vulnerable in this world that um could potentially make us very unwell and the immune system is what god has put in our bodies to protect us it's amazing and it's part of god's order and i really want to pray over anyone whose immune system is not working properly I want to release healing in the name of Jesus. And I 
and praying in faith that Jesus can touch our immune system and bring complete healing to us. And then the knock-on effect of our immune system being well is all other kinds of sicknesses, diseases and disorders will go because our immune system is in tip-top condition just as the Lord God created it. So we thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus for anyone whose immune system is unwell, I speak and release healing in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth over immune systems. Thank you, Father. Lord Jesus, we release your healing from the top of people's head to the soles of their feet. We thank you, Jesus, for your healing power. And in the name of Jesus, we come against any spirits of infirmity that have attached themselves to immune systems. We bind them and break their power in the name of Jesus and command all spirits of infirmity to go now in Jesus' name. Get off of people's lives. We declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we cancel out infirmity and speak health, wholeness and order into people's bodies. Thank you, Lord. You're so good, Lord. You're so amazing. Thank you for your desire to heal us, Lord. Oh, we love you, Lord, and we receive your healing. We receive your healing, awesome God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I also wanted to pray for anyone who's got kidney stones, whether you know it or not. I want to just pray that all kidney stones will be dissolved in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We command all kidney stones to be dissolved in Jesus' name to be removed from everybody in Jesus' name. And for anyone who's been uh, suffering with their right knee, anyone who's been suffering with pain, we just speak peace now to your right knee in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I pray for your spirit to just come upon, yeah, come upon that knee right now and bring healing to all ligaments, tendons, bones. Thank you, Jesus. All pain go in the name of Jesus and knee be completely restored. We praise you and thank you for that incredible joint. Lord, we speak blessing over that amazing joint in our body. Wow, such a miracle. We thank you for it. And we speak blessing and healing, wholeness, health and strength. Thank you, Lord. And anyone who's got pain in their fingers. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Just command that pain to go now in Jesus' name. Any pain in fingers, we command you to go in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Just receive his healing, church. Receive his healing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Anyone who believes and is baptised will be saved. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. So we know we can't place hands on each other right now, but, you know, just say the word. Jesus spoke a word, didn't he, and the centurion's servant was healed. So we speak a word of healing over immune systems, knees, fingers and kidneys. And we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for your blessing, your abundant life and your blessing. Lord God, we worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. 
Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I encourage you to keep praying healing over yourself as well. When I feel like sickness or viruses or anything trying to come onto my body, I just keep praying. I just keep praying and keep standing standing like on the word of God. And I just keep saying, be healed in Jesus' name. I command you to be healed in Jesus' name. And I just keep doing it until I am healed. Um, yeah, because I just believe that Jesus heals us and that we have authority to be to be healing the sick and so it applies to ourselves as well just believe it it's just a faith and it's good to remind yourself you know because these this 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 gift of faith gets content gets contested we have to contend for it so i just i just like praying this morning and believing this morning that all the other stuff that's come on our minds you know like doubt fear unbelief um, discouragement, negativity, all of that thing. Like I know that as I'm speaking out of these words, those things they're just falling off because you're coming under you're coming under the truth. What I'm speaking out is the truth. It's the word of faith. So uh, yeah, I just can like sense people being encouraged in their living rooms, courage coming upon them, and thinking, yes, Jesus is Lord, giving my life to Jesus. Okay, so I just want to pray for a, an impartation of boldness as well. Um, I don't just mean boldness to tell people about Jesus, although I do mean that as well, because we want boldness to tell people about Jesus, but boldness to, to boldly believe, um, to boldly believe in Jesus and to boldly believe in, in who he is and what he says. So, um, yeah. The believers prayed for courage and for boldness when they were under great persecution in Jerusalem. In the book of Acts, they, they prayed and they cried out to God and they said, um, Lord, you can see our persecutors, hear their threats and give your servants great boldness in their preaching. Send your healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So they were asking that, they would be bold in their preaching and that, that what would accompany their preaching would be miraculous signs and healing power. Um, and after they, they prayed, the building where they were shook and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they preached God's message with boldness. So yeah, I just want to release boldness upon us, upon myself. Lord God, we pray for boldness. Yes, Lord, we pray that you would release boldness upon us as a people, boldness in our in our proclamation of the gospel, but also boldness in, in the faith that we have. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we are born again, that we're saved, that you filled, with us, filled us with your Holy Spirit. And I just want to pray that boldness would come upon people now to believe, to believe for complete salvation, to believe for transformation. To, to step out of grave clothes, to step out of ungodly thinking, to step out of thinking that brings death and disorder, and to, to step into life, to step into the blessing. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing that is upon our lives. Thank you, Jesus. I pray that for boldness to come upon people. And I also want to pray for a direction as well, for like an impartation of direction, because we know that Jesus transforms lives. He brings complete salvation to us, but he also has a purpose for us. And to be walking in the will of God and to be living out the purpose that God created for you is um, 
It is amazing. And um, in Ephesians 2.10, it says, We have been created anew in Christ Jesus to do the good things that God prepared in advance for us to do. It says, You are God's masterpiece. So, I take from that that God has prepared good works in advance for you today. So I want to pray now for direction for anyone who's been seeking the Lord and asking for direction. And anyone who's been saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? Um, and anyone who's been asking specific questions as well about maybe a specific job or a specific um, house move or anything really specific. I just want to stand with you in agreement and pray for, for God to show you. So, Lord, I thank you so much that every single person is a masterpiece. Thank you that you have created them anew in Christ Jesus to do good works that you prepared for them in advance to do. And Lord, I want to pray now in the name of Jesus for a massive alignment to come upon Epping Forest Community Church. Lord God, for anyone who isn't in, in align with your will, Lord God, that that alignment would come on them now in Jesus' name. That every single one of us would be aligned to your plans and your purposes. Lord, we don't want to be drifting off, not bearing fruit. Lord, we don't want to be choked by thorns. We don't want to be withering away. Lord God, I pray for that seed in the name of Jesus now to grow, to grow and to bear fruit and to, to produce a harvest a hundred times what's been sown. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for everyone who's asking for direction. We just stand with them now and pray in agreement that you will show them, Lord God, that you will give them wisdom that they need. And yeah, open doors. Thank you, Lord God, that you open doors. You fling doors wide open, like Louise Williams says, you took the doors off the hinges. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, that that is what you do. We praise you, Lord, and I pray for people that you would take the doors off the hinges, Lord God, just open the way for them to move forward into what you have for them. Thank you, Lord. We want to be in your will, Lord God. We want to be aligned to you, Jesus. We don't want to get to the end of our lives and think, oh, <laughs> whoops. No, Lord. Yes, we want to be on track. So, Lord, I pray for grace to come upon us now to align ourselves. And I call, I call upon every spirit every person i call upon your spirit and say awake now come alive come alive jesus is lord jesus has saved you come alive anyone that has been contested anyone whose destiny and whose life has been contended by the enemy and by the flesh i speak to you now in the name of jesus and say live 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 come alive and live Come alive and live in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. Praise the Lord. Right. So that is praying for people to be healed and delivered. We cast out demons and we heal the sick. Um, the next one, we discern and encourage God's purpose for each other. I think I've probably said quite a lot about that now. It's, it's just part of the transformation. It just is part of the transformation. You have a purpose in God. You do. And so as a culture here, as a church, as a church family, I want us to look at every person and remember that they have a purpose in God. Every single person, everyone in your living room right now, they have a purpose in God. So what is their purpose in God? If you've got children with you right now, ask the Lord. Ask the Lord to show you. You've given me this beautiful child. What's their purpose in you, Lord? 
If you've got teenagers, ask the Lord. And listen, if you've got teenagers, help them now to make the right choices. Help them now. Don't miss this moment. Teenagers are making really significant life choices about education, about partners, about relationships. They are making big changes and big choices. So help them. If you are the father of a teenager or the mother of a teenager, help them. May the grace of God come upon you to help them, to help them because they, your teenagers, they have a purpose in God. Lord, may you help every single parent of a teenager to discern and encourage God's purpose. Help them, help them make the decisions that they're making. Help them lead them and guide them in the right pathway. Have a great relationship with them as much as possible. Do everything you can to help them. So that's what we mean by that. We discern and encourage God's purpose for one another whether it's our children, but as a church family, we, we look at people when, they, when they're part of us and we think, you, you've got a purpose in God, what can I do to encourage you? So bringing in a word of encouragement, um, Drew does it all the time when he brings prophetic words to people, that is what he's doing. He is discerning, that is exactly what he's doing, he is discerning that this person he's got a word for has a purpose in God and he's encouraging it out of them. He's encouraging it out of them. So we thank God for the prophetic, and we are we are a prophetic community, a hundred percent. We thank God for the prophetic. Okay, the next two, we are honest with each other, and we don't compromise over sin. They're kind of that for me. They're talking about the real depth of relationship and intimacy, intimacy of relationship that we're willing to have with each other to enable this healing process. It's part of the healing process. It's part of the transformation process. Is, is part of the, the, the deep healing that takes place and it's something that as a culture, as a church, we really want to promote this honesty with one another. So it says in James 5.16, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Isn't that interesting that he's speaking about confessing your sins in the same sentence as being healed? It's like there's a partnership there. There's something significant about that confession of sins and it's linked to our healing. So I thank God for the people over the years that I have been able to be honest with we are honest with each other. You know, we, we don't have secret sins lurking around causing us destruction in this culture. Now, I'm not in any way saying that how we operate as a church is that when we gather together, um, we stand up in front of everyone and confess our sins. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is that you are in godly relationships with people that you really trust and you go to them and you say, I've been doing this or... Um, the, I, or if it's a past issue like this happened to me in my past and God has brought it up to my memory can we talk about it, can we pray about it and then when someone does that, when they come to you in that honest way, you need to be ready and equipped to pray for them so I remember it, I remember it happening to me as a young, young believer um, the Lord just reminded me of, of my past uh, so I was saved and all of a sudden loads of memories started coming back to me about things that I'd done in the past you know, sinful things and then I was like, oh gosh, what what all these um, memories are unlocking. And so at the time I drove to the house of the person I was closest to at the time, the mature Christian who was in my life at the time. And I was like, oh, all of this stuff is coming back to me. I'm just remembering it all. And they were like, it's time to confess it. It's time to repent of it. So I did, repented, confessed it all. And, and they prayed for healing for me and just cut me off from that part of my past. So... 
is that that's the culture that we are and and if there's stuff going on now you know like if you're addicted to pornography for goodness sake be accountable to someone if you're addicted to alcohol if you're addicted to drugs if you are addicted to things and you know that they are utterly destroying your walk with god and your transformation in christ and your purpose then please be accountable these things will strangle out of you the life of god that Jesus has died for you to have you have a purpose God has created you for a purpose you have a purpose to bring the kingdom of God wherever you go so if you are being strangled by things deal with it deal with it today deal with it even come offline now and deal with it now like stop listening to me and deal with it ring someone sort it out don't allow those things to completely overshadow the plans and purposes that God has for you. I implore you, if you are battling with fear, if you are battling with addiction, if you are battling with negative thinking, anything, if there is anything that is controlling your life, and the picture that I've got, like if you, if the life of God is being strangled and dying, if you are, have something in your life that is bringing death and disorder and destruction, I implore you, please, speak to somebody. You can be free. You can be free. Confess your sins one to another and pray for each other that you may be healed. And if you're part of Epping Forest Community Church, you are not part of a church that brushes things under the carpet. We do not want to brush things under the carpet. We do not want to turn up at our gatherings looking like a Christian, shake the hand of the pastor, listen to a sermon, go home and watch pornography. That is not what we're about. We are a culture of honest people who recognize that sin has to come out of our lives sin brings death and we are not about death anymore we have been raised to life in christ so if there is anything that is strangling if it's your thinking if it's your behavior anything that's strangling the life of christ out of you don't brush it under the carpet deal with it be accountable walk into freedom and again we've got these tools that we um we speak about them a lot this this way of praying that brings freedom recognizing it repenting of it receiving forgiveness <laughs> rebuking that number five four one is rebuking and replacing it so yeah i hope i have made myself very clear about that um and the next one is the same really it, it, it it's like flows out of being honest with each other we don't compromise over sin we are a culture where sin that leads to death cannot thrive in romans um romans 5 21 it says so just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death now god's wonderful grace rules instead giving us right standing with god and resulting in eternal life through jesus christ our lord sin brings us to death like let's not beat around the bush let's not sugarcoat it sin brings death so the culture of Epping Forest Community Church, sin cannot thrive. Death cannot thrive. We address our hurts and our habits and our hang-ups. We don't brush them under the carpet. We don't compromise over sin. Um, in Romans 6, 12 to 14, it says, Do not let sin control the way that you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. 
So use your body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. You no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. That is the truth because it came out of the word of God. Romans 6. We don't compromise over sin. No, we don't. So, be transformed. We are a healing community. Moving on to being an ascending community. The first one, we are disciples, not churchgoers. Well, I don't think anyone could accuse us of being churchgoers at the moment because all social gatherings have been postponed by the government. So, we can't be accused of being a churchgoer, but please, can you please check your mindset? Do you have a churchgoer mindset? So, do you, do you come to a service to consume something? Are you a consumer when you come to a service? First of all, it's not a service. We're not here to service anyone. And secondly, we're not, we don't go to be part of a gathering to see what we can consume. Although, of course, we do go to meet with God to, to, be, uh, like to be filled with the preaching of the word and the Holy Spirit. But the mindset really needs to be like, here I am, what can I contribute? How can I play my part? That's all of us. So let's, let's really make this so clear. We're disciples, not churchgoers. So it's not about one person at the front doing business with God like the priest or the pastor or the vicar at the front doing all the business with God you know like they pray they they pray for healing they do the deliverance they they uh, read their bible and then tell me what to know about the bible no 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 I really strongly feel and believe that that is not what Jesus intended for his church I do believe in the position of, of uh, deacons and elders and leadership. I do believe that leadership is a gift and obviously there needs to be structure in the church. I totally believe in that 100%. But they are functions to make a healthy body. They are not to replace every single person being a disciple. We are a body of Christ and every single one of us needs to be a mobilised disciple. Every single one of us. So we're not disciples. I mean, we're not churchgoers. We are disciples, not churchgoers. Okay, you, yes, you, yes, you, yes, you. And if you're believing anything different right now, it's a lie. It's a lie. You are a disciple. You can do business with God. Yes, you can. Okay, next one. We tell people about Jesus. I feel like I've said that sentence so many times on this YouTube channel. I'd love someone, um, like someone with a statistical mindset to do a little survey and find out how many times I've said it. We tell people about Jesus. If you want to know more about that, watch the broadcast I did. It's entitled, We Tell People About Jesus. Suffice to say, we tell people about Jesus. Okay. Um, we bring God's kingdom wherever we go. So even in lockdown, we bring God's kingdom into our household. Like the mood that I am in, the truth that I am carrying, the words that I speak, the actions of my behaviour will impact my household. 
during lockdown. So I can either bring God's kingdom into my household and trust that God's kingdom will iron out all the toxicity or I can be part of the toxicity and I can add to it. So I'm aiming for being an ambassador and bringing God's kingdom to 13A, the Broadway. So I hope you guys are too. And, and obviously when we come out of lockdown, it's a mindset. It's the same mindset. We bring God's kingdom wherever we go. In 2 Corinthians, it says, we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So every <laughs> everywhere we go, whatever we do, we bring God's kingdom with us. We are ambassadors of Christ. And we get into God's slipstream. I'm going to sum this up. With a, with a beautiful phrase that Rich coined during the 40 days, I believe, and I, I find it very helpful. We get into God's slipstream. We are the right people in the right place, doing the right thing in the right way with the right attitude. And that, I mean, it's a really broad statement to make, but if we can be those people, it's powerful. And lastly, we use our abilities to advance the kingdom. So... In Matthew 6.33, Jesus said to his disciples, Seek the kingdom of God above, or above all else. In my translation, it says, Make the kingdom of God your primary concern. Wow. Wow. There is so much freedom in that mindset. Make the kingdom of God your primary concern. Live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. Make the kingdom of God your primary concern. That means that your whole life, all your abilities, everything, it's about the kingdom of God and it's about advancing the kingdom of God. Okay, I think I will leave it there. I love you, church. And um, yes, Epping Forest Community Church. We are a healing community and ascending community.